feel like that's on here. Overcome the force of darkness all around. Become the source for hope to be found. Our hearts be the compass, stars as our guides. Live this adventure with you by my side. You. Bunks. When is the last time you considered how your faith and following Jesus impacts international relations? Today's episode features a conversation between Naomi Yilma and Angelo Olivar, who both work in the Church of the Brethren's 
Office of Peace Building and Policy in Washington, D.C. If you click over to the Office of Peace Building and Policy's website, where you can find the blog post that you'll hear Angelo talking about in this episode, you'll learn that they explain their work as seeking to live the peace of Jesus publicly by educating on issues and peace theology, organizing Church of the Brethren members and congregations to take action, and advocating in Washington, D.C. around issues of concern for the denomination. What does it mean to live the peace of Jesus publicly? Not only in our personal lives, but also in relation to the laws and policies of the nation where we live. Brethren have had a long conversation about exactly how public we're supposed to be in living our faithful lives. Early brethren kept mostly to themselves, preferring to operate in something of an alternative society. And given that they came from a context of persecution and unjust oppression, that desire kind of makes a lot of sense. When brethren migrated from Germany to America, they were relieved to have the freedom to worship and live as they felt called without being constantly impeded by the larger world. But in the years since that big immigration, Brethren have chosen different ways of how to engage the world around us. The Office of Peacebuilding and Policy is explicitly tasked with taking action and advocating the federal government in ways that express our Christian conviction. And if you forced me to guess, I would guess that the first Brethren to immigrate to America would find this really strange, given how much they were invested in simply being left alone by the ruling powers. What do you think? As you listen to Naomi and Angelo, think about how your faith is lived out in public. Are you called to advocacy, to conversations with governing powers, to organizing? What does it feel like to live the peace of Jesus in public? My name is Naomi Yoma with the Office of Peacebuilding and Policy. I'm an associate through the Brethren Volunteer Services. Hey, um, with me, I have Angelo Olivar. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is Angelo Joseph Olivar. I was born and raised in the Philippines, and I moved here to the United States five years ago. Um, so I am currently studying um, political science, accounting, and business administration. Um, my passion for political science came from my experience um, from living in the slums of Manila. And there I saw and I learned how, like, you know, like the really poor people in the third world countries really live. And so when I moved here to the United States, I was compelled to um, um, pursue political science because I think if I go back to the Philippines and work there, in the government, I think I can enact changes in the lives of the people, especially for the poor, poorest, poorest of the poor people in the Philippines. That's great to hear. Thank you for sharing. And then, so you said you studied at... EMU, Eastern Mennonite yeah. University. Yeah. Okay. And then what made you come to OPP? Um, my, I mean, this program, like WCSC, Washington Community Scholar Center, is a program of my school. Mm-hmm. 
that sends students to Washington DC to work as an intern here because my school believes like if they send students here in the in here in Washington DC they will probably help the students to advance their career and so like I got into OPP because my like the director of this program knew Nathan Hosser from I'm not sure like somewhere and then my 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 professor contact, contacted um, Nathan Hoster and then asked if I can work for the OPP because I really wanted to work and learn about how the United States government government work and the lobby lobbying part of it and also like the policy side of the American political system. So that's how I got here. Like just my desire to like really work for an office that will help me understand the American political system. That's that's good to hear. And um, obviously, like the situations are different now with the pandemic and remote working. Um, how do you feel about that? Because this is probably not your usual experience of doing an in-person internship. That's right. I mean, when prior to coming here, I was like really expecting that I would come in person, but apparently, like because of the pandemic, we couldn't go in person. So that disappointed me a lot and I think like it would be like really different if I'll be like coming to the office and then um you know like dealing with people in person I think that would help me like grow more and learn more Mm -hmm. instead of just being working you know like working virtually or remote remotely definitely definitely um do you think because you stay in DC right still even yeah do you think that that's a little helpful in helping you make like helping making you feel that this is more in person than remote no not really because a lot of places here in DC are still closed and because of Mm. the amount that I'm like the hours that I'm working for the office of peace building and policy and also like the classes I'm taking Mm -hmm. right now it's really hard for me to go out and enjoy the city so I feel like I'm just really stuck here at home and couldn't. Oh, no. But I think I'm learning still. Like I'm still learning a lot from what I'm doing at OPP and also from my classes I'm taking right now. Well, I hope you find some time to, you know, on the weekends to just go around and enjoy the city. I know the weather is getting a little better now. So hopefully you'll find some, some time. Um, but you're also doing really important work. So thank you very much. And also, like, you know, like like two months ago or like a month ago, it was still cold and it was mm-hmm. hard to go out in the week. <laughs> still, I was like still stuck at home, but yeah. Yeah, definitely. I really have great housemates and we have fun a lot. So that helped me a lot. That's great to hear. Um, okay, so do you want to tell me a little bit about your general work with the OPP? Um what have you been? What have you been doing so far? Um, what are your plans? Yeah, of course. Um, um, my general work with the OPP is um, drafting letters, emails, and documents for Nate Hostler, the director mm-hmm. of OPP, and also like doing some background research on U.S. arms sales, um, U.S.-China relations, and also reaching out to different people that we can work with um, regarding like policy 
like the uh, like what we advocate for and i think that help, that's really helping me a lot to like um learn the professional side of this work what's one thing that you enjoy the most what's mm, like i think reading like reading reading things about u.s china relations because it's been like i've been like really interested in that issue or like topic for like a long time like i think it's gonna be like a huge thing in the near future mm-hmm. like how the united states is going to deal with the rise of china so i think like reading about u.s china relations really is the most interesting part of the work good um and that's a great segue into the next question um so tell us a little more about your work on u.s china relations um, my work on U.S. general relations is um, mostly um, doing background research on it, and also writing a one pager. I think mm-hmm. it's I think really like extremely hard because I am used to ex- um, writing extensive documents, but for the one mm-hmm. pager is like I think it requires like great skill to like have like a perfect one pager document, <laughs> especially in U.S. general relations because the you know, like the topic is very vast and there's like a lot of information in it. Mm-hmm. And there's like a lot of things that we can talk about yes, China relations. So if you're going to be like creating like a one pager, you have to be like succinct, like succinctly summarize what you want to convey to US Congress members. Yeah, I think it could be a lot to to summarize everything into like a page document. Um you have to you have to know which items to sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Like combine all of your thoughts into short, succinct sentences, and also like the language is really important. The words you use and mm-hmm. the things you include in a document is like critical. Like I was talking to um, Dan Jasper. Like I shared like I shared my one pager document to him, and he made a lot of like suggestions about it. And yeah, that's the time I realized like the wordings and the language and the tone is extremely important for one pager document because sometimes like words can convey like a different message from the one that you really want to share mm-hmm. with the readers. Yeah, definitely. Um, and especially when it's in writing, it's very open to interpretation because um, yeah, everyone's going to interpret it how, how they want or how they see fit. So what are the ways that you think um, faith communities can engage in U.S. like in advocacy towards better U.S.-China relation, um, what kind of U.S.-China relation are we looking for? How to engage our communities? Um, the kind of U.S.-China relations that we should hope for is like a very peaceful one like the United States and China working together for a better future for the world. And like the faith community should really engage right now because as time passes by, there's like a lot of like opportunities that the United States and China is missing, such as fighting climate change and fighting um, pandemics. Because right now, like because of the Trump, administration's formal characterization of U.S.-China relations, it characterized it as a great power competition, and that made the United States and China not cooperate with each other because Mm -hmm. they see each other as a competitor. And I think that's really dangerous for the world because 
the United States and China wouldn't work together to fight climate change. And I think right now the faith community to come up with like like common principles on how to engage with the topic to help both countries or like to help um, lawmakers from both countries to um, you know like create policies or foreign policies that will ensure the cooperation between the two countries. Yeah, that's definitely a good point there. I see a lot of benefit from because these are two like really superpower. They have a lot of power and I can see a lot can come through from collaboration rather than um, just competition. Um, So that's, that's a great point there. Um, Do you have any specifics for, for how the faith community can engage or? Um, Not really. Like when we had this meeting like a while ago Mm -hmm. and when people were talking about it's hard for people to it was hard for the different organizations to come up with like a common principle and i think it's really like important like they need to like really contact each other work with each other and set up these meetings to come up with a common principle Mm -hmm. so that they can like engage with the u.s congress as one rather than as as individuals Definitely. Um, And one comment we usually get in like other forms of advocacy too is like people in communities want to engage, but they don't know exactly like where to engage or how to get involved. Um, So like this is just a comment, but even it's something for like um, advocacy offices to think about is to provide people bridges and strategies and toolkits and how they can engage um so yeah thank you for mentioning that and then i think that's all of my questions on u.s china policy but i wanted to also mention your um blog post um do you want to say a little bit about your blog post and then um we can just close up after that yeah i think i wrote that i i mean because I wrote that blog blog post because I've been reading a lot. Like because of this work, I get to read a lot about Middle East and the United States war on terrorism. So I have a like profound interest for the promotion of human rights. And I thought before before reading and before working for the OPP, I thought the United States was doing the right thing when it comes to its fight against terrorism. But I was, but when I started working for the OPP, I realized that the United States fight, like the global war on terrorism, has like profound, like negative implications to the promotion of human rights. It caused, you know, like um, Islamophobia, like Islamophobia in the United States and other Western societies increased, and countries such as China and Myanmar use the language and context of terrorism to oppress their own people, especially the Muslim ethnic groups. So yeah, I think I was really inspired to write about (laughs) the war on terrorism. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing. And yeah, um, peace, living together, um, tolerance, all of those are uh, very brethren values. So I'm glad that we could advocate for those values. Do you have anything else to, to like any comments to make or are we okay to close? 
Um, I just want to say like thank you for the opportunity to like work for the OPP and work with other faith-based organizations because it really sh it is right now shaping my beliefs and principles in life and I think I am like really I was I started to become really hopeful for the future because I know that you know like people who work in the faith-based community are working really hard to advocate for really admirable principles and morals such as pacifism which the world really needs right now mm -hmm, definitely yeah that's also one thing that i learned from um my couple months here at the opp is faith-based organizations are doing a lot and the faith community is also doing a lot to advocate for these principles um on behalf of on behalf of the people um and it's also people like you who are we're helping with this advocacy so thank you very much and um thank you to the dunker punks audience for giving us the plot the platform to have this discussion um, we hope you enjoyed what angelo had to say um, and what we had to say um thank you very much my own understanding of how we are called to live the peace of jesus in public has shifted over the years I'm much more interested in action, advocacy, and organizing than I used to be. And part of that shift for me has been learning to know my neighbors who consistently find themselves on the underside of public and international policy and feeling convicted and called not only to live my private and personal life in ways that honor Jesus, but to stand alongside friends and siblings who demand justice from forces that are harming so many. I wonder if that's been a similar trajectory for the Brethren movement as a whole, too, that as we emerged from our sectarian silos and began to interact and be connected to people who were not German, not white, not Christian, that our whole faith tradition got tugged into standing in solidarity. In the beautiful sermon that we read in 1 John, an elder of the community is writing to people struggling to persevere in the faith. Little children, he writes, let us love not in word or speech, but in action and in truth. I think the work of the Office of Peacebuilding and Policy, living the peace of Jesus in public and loving our neighbors near and far is one way to do this. Thanks to Naomi and Angelo for today's episode. I'm Dana Cassell, one of your hosts of the Dunker Punks podcast, a community of folks committed to praying and working for peaceable relationships near and far. Jacob Krauss creates our music, Ali Cooney manages communication, Suzanne Lay manages production, and Arlington Church of the Brethren and On Earth Peace sponsor the show. You can find us online with an entire archive of all our 114 plus episodes at arlingtoncob.org slash DPP. You can follow us on social media at Dunker Punks Pod, or if you have something to contribute, a comment, a response, an idea for an episode or a contributor, you can email us at dpp at arlingtoncob.org. 
You can also donate to support the show that way or sign up for our newsletter. You'll find both those on our website. Our next episode will be a look inside a Brethren Volunteer Service project with Brethren Disaster Ministries. Until next time, Dunker Punks, get out there and live the peace of Jesus in public. Music